Today's TribCast is presented by the Texas Lyceum. Join the Texas Lyceum's public conference on January 27th at the Austin Hyatt Regency. Learn more at texaslyceum.org. Texas talking, oh, what was that that you said? Texas talking, I'm gonna hoop upside your head. Texas talking, tell me who can you trust when Texas guys are in Texas everybody, this is Bob Schieffer checking in from the Journalist Rehab Center here in Washington, where I'm recuperating from covering the weirdest, wackiest, strangest campaign in my more than four decades in the Capitol. They tell me I'll get well soon, so until then, what better way to pass the time than to enjoy this week's Texas Tribune Tribcast. Here's your host, Emily Ramshaw. Thank you, Bob, for the best intro of all time. Of all time. <laughs> uh, we're here with your TribCast for the second week of January. I'm joined by CEO Evan Smith. I'm in the best mood of I know. all time. Let's see how many minutes you go without making a pee joke. Sanfronia just called Stickland Sticky. About Speaking a of pee. Ah, pee joke and sticky. <laughs> no, the same and, also the, and then she just said, this is great. So she said, what did she say? She said, um, superfluous. Re- referring to an amendment. <laughs> it's superfluous. And then she paused. She says, Stickland, that means unnecessary. <laughs> I, I love I love when they're back. It's like Christmas. Not unnecessary. Executive editor Ross Ramsey. Howdy. And political editor most necessary, Amon Mathija. Hi. Guy who actually does work. Right. Yes, Area no. man does work. Right. That's the headline. Um, well, this is our most favorite time of the biennium, the start of the Texas legislative session. We had a, uh, a, a not so thrilling but very fun day yesterday um, when the House and Senate gaveled in. And today we've seen a little rules action. Um, Ross, why don't you tell us about yesterday? Tell us about, about the speaker's race and about what we've seen so far. You know, the, the big news yesterday wasn't a surprise, but it was uh, Joe Strauss was elected to a fifth term, which ties the record. He was elected unanimously. They when had was a the record last time vote. a speaker had been elected well, unanimously on a record vote? They, I, you know, I don't know the answer to that. You know, they had um, record votes for Craddock. They had a couple of record votes for Strauss. Five record votes and um, something like that. Yeah. And uh, most of the time, they just get to the end and say by acclamation, and right. and they don't count noses. Uh, they counted noses two years ago at the behest of people who didn't want Strauss. And they said, show, stand up and show your face. And they showed 19 faces and put themselves on everybody's um, naughty list. And this time they decided if they were against Strauss, they um, decided not to show it. All Everybody on the floor voted for Strauss. So I, yeah. whatever you want to say about him, if you like him or don't like him, if you're a House member, you know, you can't say you were against him because your green light was I on. Didn't, I didn't think I would live long enough to see Bill Zedler vote for Strauss. A lot of conservative huh? groups were kind of previewing that vote and saying it doesn't matter. It's meaningless. It mattered two years ago. Which, matters, which right. Ross thinks let, let them off the hook, right? Well, it did matter for, to them two years ago. I mean, what does this then mean for the clout of the sort of far right and groups like Empower Texans who were so insistent last time around that there be an opposition candidate to Joe Strauss? They showed their ass two years ago. And, and they are noisy and got a lot of attention, but they are not numerous and they don't have any strength in the House. They and, couldn't get anybody to step up, a sacrificial lamb, a boat sent up the river, anybody? Well, they couldn't even get a white light. They couldn't even get people to say, you know, I'm, there's nobody else to vote for, but I'm not voting for that guy. They, Even they Donna Dukes no was there to vote. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Here's how weird it was. Everybody voted for Strauss. Right. And when you get more than six blocks away from the Capitol, there's no nuance to that. In Amarillo, 
you voted for Strauss. And Abilene, you voted for Strauss. It's not so we had nobody some, showed we, any opposition. We had somebody on uh, Twitter yesterday after we reported that it was 150 to 0 say, I voted for Mike Lang during the primary or during the general in part because he said he was going to oppose Strauss. I'm outraged. Now, that's one person. Well, you know, it's a Twitter egg. Who knows who this person is? But at the same time, it's like that. that I mean, there is like an accountability aspect to this, right? One of the biggest advantages that Strauss has is that nobody knows who he is. You know, Pete Laney told me one time that, you know, if you're a speaker and your name ID goes over a certain amount, there's only a bad reason for that. Um, it's best to be the guy nobody knows. They can name Greg Abbott, maybe. They can name Dan Patrick, perhaps. Very few of them can name Joe Strauss. I feel like people like Mike Lang are probably just going to say there was no one else running. A, there was no one else running, and B, you know, there was no chance, and I wanted to make sure that I could get things accomplished for my district. This was what Matt Krause of Representatives uh, the, said. Uh, the Matt, 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 Matt Krause earlier <laughs> in the week said, in fact, look, I want to vote for a more conservative candidate for speaker. If a more conservative candidate for speaker were to file, I would vote for a more conservative candidate for speaker. There is no more conservative candidate for speaker. In the absence of a more conservative candidate for speaker, my choice is green light, white light, red light. I'm not going to white light and red light the speaker for the sake of voting right. no. That was his answer. I mean, Ross had right? a really good column yesterday. There's a really good column almost every day. Uh, but Ross had a good column yesterday basically Finally. saying, you know, this is generally the point when people are starting to get sick of the speaker. And yet right. we have a speaker who just got, you know, unanimously reelected. So The person of, uh, person who's sickest of Strauss being speaker may be Strauss. Maybe Strauss himself. Yeah, now he's going right. to be stuck forever. Well, it's right. like working in a nuclear plant, right? Eventually your badge says you've had too much radiation, you have to go home. And, and you know, that happened. I X number of days since an accident. Right, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and it, you know, it eventually happens. You eventually have made so many deals and, you know, have boxed yourself in over time. It happened to Laney in a particular way. It happened to Craddock in a particular way. It happened to Lewis. It happened to Clayton. It goes all the way back. And Strauss is in, you know, a peculiar way stronger than he has been in any of his elections. 2009 was his worst fight that was getting in. He had to defend in 11, 13, and 15, and you know here he is with no opposition, 150 supporters, whatever they want to talk about later, they all voted green and ready to roll. Mm -hmm. So, and a reminder, if you're tuning in on Facebook, you can shoot questions our way. I mean, does this give him then any kind of mandate? You know, he's been the guy who basically says the will of the House prevails, but he laid out a couple of things yesterday in his, in his um, speech that seemed to indicate, you know, he had his head in a certain place. Yeah, I think, you know, I think the reason he's as powerful as he is is because he hasn't asserted the power mm. in terms of, you know, I want this passed or that passed or the other thing passed. He's done that a couple of times. He got the water bill through. He we talked about child welfare stuff. yesterday. He, he's pushed some stuff, but he, he doesn't have a list of things. Mm. And so, you know, they're not voting. He's not, he rarely puts members in a position where they're deciding whether to vote with the speaker or vote the way they would like to vote otherwise. Mm. And I think that's, you know, one of the reasons he's as healthy politically as he is now. He talks all the time about the will of the House, and I think a lot of the members agree that he tends to allow the will of the House to move forward more, more often than not. And this idea of protecting people uh, from their votes, mm -hmm. the votes that they would like to cast if mm -hmm. all other things were equal mm -hmm. versus the votes that they have to cast politically. You'll have two right. issues at least mm -hmm. that will come up this session. One will be on school choice. The other will be on... <clears throat> The Privacy Act that will come over, otherwise known as the bathroom bill from the Senate, on which there'll be quite a lot of controversy. And the House, at least in the last two sessions, has been not particularly warm to a choice bill. The last right. session didn't even bother to take a vote, not even a procedural vote on that. Um, and I think the Privacy Act could be one of those where 
it never gets out of committee, it never gets to the floor, and it never ultimately has to be voted on. And that would be a case of the members being protected in some respects from having to take a vote that would be problematic politically, but is not the vote they would otherwise cast. Well, you had the lieutenant governor, obviously, at a Texas Tribune event this morning over at the Austin Club, and you <clears> asked him right. specifically about this. You know, basically, so what happens if the House doesn't take up, you know, <laughs> any of these priorities for you? And he sort of deflected and deflected and said, well, right. you know, it's my job is to get it through the Senate, not to worry about right. the House. True, but true, but not accurate. Uh, it is true that he has to worry about his own thing, and he'll 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 do his own thing. And I thought it was interesting because the lieutenant governor is not shy, and not shy about demonstrating. Yeah, he used to strength. be shy. What changed? Yeah. <laughs> He's not shy about demonstrating strength. And when I asked him if he thought he had the votes for the Privacy Act in the Senate, right. he did not say confidently yes. Well, there was a funny. You know, I'm over interpreting just for effect here, but right. there was a long pause there. He did pause, and you know, the last time I remembered him. Pausing like that was actually two years ago, beginning of the session, when I asked him about the gun bills. Mm -hmm. And remember, he said, I'm not really sure I have the votes right. for those. Now, it turned out he did. Right. But he was not 100 percent confident. And he and put there out was a, a whole lot of releases huge controversy, that. Yeah. huge controversy about what he had said and how he had said it. Well, I think he probably, that pause this morning was probably, right. let's see, last time I said. <laughs> my, my suspicion yeah. is that he does have the votes in the Senate. My yeah. suspicion is that the votes are going to be harder to come by in the House. Not a certainty that they won't be there, but that they'll be harder to come by. Um, and it's going to be a fight. I mean, if you know this, this issue is going to suck up a ton of uh, of, of time and energy and air over the course already of has. the next number mm -hmm. of months. Already, already has and already is. We had a room full of people across the street. I don't remember a time when the Austin Club was as asked to cheek as it was today. I mean, people well, we had a fire marshal sellout, right? Didn't we have we a, a sardine no sardine city, right? <laughs> Um, and I think people came thinking that this was going to be talked about quite a bit more than it was. I mean, the fact is there are a lot of issues. There's a He's crappy, got 25 on his there's list. There's a crappy revenue estimate. <clears throat> there's the question of school finance and school choice and the degree to which they're either linked or delinked. Uh, there's what to do about health care and what to do about um, uh, the border. Um, what to do about taxes. And I thought actually one interesting answer he gave to a question about whether there would certainly be a, another swing at the franchise, franchise tax. tax right. He kind of hedged a little bit, I thought. Well, he Did said, you hear that? He, I thought yeah, he hedged he said, a little bit. You know, he basically said, right. you know, money's tight. You know, that, right. that cost about $2.3 last time yeah. to make a 25% cut in the franchise tax. You know, they don't have $2.3 to throw at another cut. It sounded like what he was kind of signaling is, <clears throat> I'm going to put the cut out there, but it's uh, if whatever happens to it is... Not my biggest concern. Because if you believe that Dar Drew Darby, who is the current chairman of the uh, Energy Resources Committee and may very well be, well, we don't he, know yet. The, he's not chairman of anything right now. Well, on, pass. Well, admit. But he was in the 84th. Right. Could or could not be. We will see if he's the appropriations chair. He's thought to be the front runner for that or a leading candidate for that. He said after the revenue estimate on Monday that he saw as much as a $6 billion divot. The difference between last budget and this, that's in terms the, of that's just the term of art, divot now in San right. Angelo, <laughs> uh, in in the uh, what we did last time versus what we do now, and right. so that's six billion. As Ross uh, uh, schooled me this morning on this, although I suspected this was probably the case, that if they come back to the table with another twenty five percent cut or some percentage cut of the franchise tax, that's an additional couple billion they're going to have to find over right. and above the six billion right. that they didn't spend last time. CPS. This emergency, what we assume will be an emergency. 400 CBS. million, according to another series right? mm -hmm. So at a time when the budget is already kind of sucking air, they're going to now have these additional things potentially. It's, it's a very complicated situation for the budget. And, of course, to come back to the bathroom uh, bill, the Privacy Act for a second, there's anxiety, legitimate or not, Lieutenant Governor says not, about whether the ec economy of the state of Texas will be harmed if such a bill passes by virtue of loss of dollars in tourism, 
recruitment of companies, convention business, economic development across the board, the recruitment of millennials. Right. Uh, there's a whole bunch of stuff. He insists, he, the lieutenant governor this morning, insisted, insisted, insisted that, uh, that the consequences that have been assumed associated with this bill in North Carolina are BS. Right. But the reality is that the reporting out of North Carolina itself suggests that there's, they've been able to quantify at least $400 million in, 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 uh, in consequences to the state. And UCLA did a study of the North Carolina bill and projected it might be as much as $5 billion a year. So but There's an effort to at a moment, narrow like, this focus. Right. right. But yeah. I still think at the end of the day, it's the black eye that this presents. And, you know, we've seen already what, you know, people who were supposed to be honored saying they won't be honored by Texas. I mean, this is just sort of like the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, I think. but, you know, he, his position on this, and I'm not sure it's the wrong position to have if you're him, is... Bring it. His position is you want to boycott, boycott. We don't let other people tell us what to do. You don't want to be honored, don't be honored. We're, going to, do what minds- we're going to do what we think is the right thing, and we're going to fade the heat. The question is, is it a match burning or is it a brush fire? Mm-hmm. What, well, is, and, what's, what size is the heat? Well, and if you've got the business community basically saying to you, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, don't dare you do it, I mean, I don't right. know. It's a <laughs> it's a pretty big well, risk to take. I just I don't think the House is going to have the stomach he's, for he's it. He's throwing some shade at the business community. Mm-hmm. In the well, but to the extent where the, you know, the governor tapped the brakes before Christmas and said, you know, let's just... Just study this a little bit more. Let's just hold on a second and have another look at this. I don't think the issue when legislators vote is going to be whether and how much this is going to cost the state. I think the issue when they vote is, you know, my voters are over here mostly with Patrick, um, according to the polls, including Mm -hmm. our including our poll. Mm -hmm. And um, although put an asterisk there, I want to come back to that. And and businesses are on the other side. And you know, if they could vote and make business happy and voters didn't care, they'd vote that way. If they could vote and make voters happy and business didn't care, they'd vote that way. But with them split, the legislators are in a field of uncertainty, and they really hate that. The asterisk on the poll is you're asking voters maybe that a fully educated voter would say exactly what they're saying now, but you're in in some measure asking voters a question about their opinion on an issue that they haven't sort of <coughs> boned up on. And that hasn't been in public debate for a long time. And if you present it basically as, do you think people, you know, men or women ought to be allowed in women or men's room, bathrooms, locker rooms, whatever, people's initial response to that is, hell no. And that's what the polls show. You know, I really didn't want to talk about bathrooms today. <laughs> but you did want to talk about peeing? No, no. Evan <laughs> wanted to talk about peeing. Uh, just kidding. Uh, what I do want to talk about <laughs> is the politics behind— Months from now, someone's going to pull up this podcast. I have no idea. Months from now, people are going to pull up every podcast, and we're all going to get fired. I, I am, for the first time ever, struck dumb. No, that's not true. You're never—you just yeah. spoke. Right. Uh, so, Patrick, said. Um, stepping aside from the, the revenue estimate for a moment, Patrick held a press conference this week to sort of basically say, I'm running for re-election. No, no, no. There's no truth to this rumor that maybe I'm going to run against Greg Abbott. Did anybody think he was going to try to run against Greg Abbott? The AP ran a story that strongly suggested people were talking about it. Uh, strongly mm-hmm. suggested people are talking about it, but that's, I mean, you know, you know, which the, people? I, I, I like Will Weissett, and I like the AP, and I don't want to... to Pee on them. I, see, I hear I hear a big butt coming here. But if you read that story, the only conclusion to draw was that this was a manufactured controversy. So why did he then have no to have one a press is, no conference one is, addressing I'm it? I'm sorry. He, and he insisted today that everybody's talking about it. No one is talking well, about I think it. Well, I think there's been I think there's been enough currency to that among uh, Republican funders that right. he's this is been, a money he's, thing, right? He's, yeah, he's found himself. I think you know, um, telling people who support both Abbott and Patrick. 
no, I'm not going to run against the governor. How many times has he said it without being prompted to say it? He said it a he's lot. Volunteered he's volunteered a ton who, of times. He's the guy who put the conversation. He's the guy who kickstarted the conversation. Right. And you know now he's trying to get out of it. You know I think Greg Abbott would beat him like a drum in a Republican primary. He'd outspend him. He's popular. There's not really much room to Abbott's right. I don't think there's an opportunity there. Um, even if Patrick did want to run against that, him. That's an, that's an interesting uh, exercise. I think, you know, when you go mentally. to the, I, I don't know what the answer to what would right. happen in the primary is. I'm not prepared to say that he would beat him like a drum. I, I do. I, I'm you know, not prepared to say that. you got to run on a complaint against somebody, and I don't see a complaint against Greg Abbott in a Republican primary. What do you think? I feel like this is going to sound wishy-washy, but I don't think Patrick would run unless he saw a clear opening. And so there'd have to be something different in a year or so to make it clear that so today he he's not running against Greg Abbott because right. today he'd get beat like a drum. Today I don't see how he'd do it. But <laughs> he's I, got a huge platform already. Well, Honestly, say, like, he doesn't the, need to be governor. That, that's the the argument is why would you want to be governor when you have already what is the most powerful job in the whole state? He is the one who drives the conversation politically mm-hmm. in the state. He does. That's always the but, deal with the lieutenant governor. But it's by choice. Why is that always the case with the lieutenant governor? I mean, Abbott could drive the conversation if he chose. We have he a is weak, the governor. It's a weak governor state. He doesn't control his cabinet. Um, was the Rick Perry, executive was branch, Rick Perry a weak governor? Rick Perry had every appointment branch, to every cabinet, every agency ever. I mean, Rick Perry accumulated power over the right. this massive tenure. Um, I, you know, the executive branch doesn't have inherent power in it, and in particular, the the power of the executive branch is at its lowest during a legislative session. They're in here begging for money. All the agencies, all of the you know the governor's office, everybody else is begging the legislature for money. That's where the power is right now. They'll ascend in power a little bit at the end of the session, but you know, during this six month period, every two years, you're right. The agenda is controlled by the lieutenant governor and to the extent that he or she wants it by the speaker. Is Greg Abbott saying what you described as a brake pump, pumping the brakes on the bathroom bill, necessarily mean that it doesn't pass? No, but, it, you know, if, if you're— If Dan Patrick said pump the brakes on the bathroom bill, does that mean it wouldn't pass? If you're running a bill this yes. enthusiastically, as enthusiastically as the lieutenant governor has been running this bill, whether it's his top priority or not, and the governor says, hold on a second— that's a change in momentum, and you want him on your side. So you, you think know, if the governor came out against along it, he would kill it? Oh, yeah. You think, well, I mean, if the governor, governor came out against it. it. I mean, he could veto it. Well, he could veto it, but I guess I'm talking about not that part of the process. It, I'm talking about this what part What it of the does process. is it gives the House cover. The House mm, doesn't right. want to pass this. I, I believe the House is not going to pass this Do you think Strauss gave bill? it cover when he said to us on, on yeah, November sure. 29th, yes. I don't consider this to be urgent? Yes. Strauss gave it cover, but what Abbott does is gives the social conservatives in the House who just went along and voted for Strauss cover. Why so am now I, they've why got am double I cover. For, yeah, right. why am I voting for a it controversy if the governor's just going to veto it Yeah, what if the anyway? governor vetoes it? Um, you know, on the bathroom conversation, because we're getting some questions on this on Facebook, <laughs> question from Karen. Can you all explain what happened in language the simpleton can understand with the bathroom amendment in the House Rules Floor debate today? This no. came up today. <laughs> Good thing Amon is here. Uh, there was a second day of session, or usually second or third day, they, they passed this uh, resolution that deals with housekeeping in the chamber, things about, you know, how, you, how much you pay certain committee members and, you know, who has access to the How they're going to do business. Right, exactly. Right. And uh, Matt Schaefer, uh, uh, representative from Tyler, put forth an amendment to the housekeeping resolution saying, uh, essentially, the, putting the bathroom bill in there, essentially, for the Capitol, uh, saying that uh, anyone in the Capitol has to use the bathroom of their biological sex. Wouldn't that fall under this <clears throat> bill because it's a public building? Yeah, but it's not passed yet. 
Right. So he's trying to do it just for the house, or just, just for the le- the capital. It, it would seem like just for the capital, which Charlie Guerin said that would actually be um, the state preservation board doing the whole capital, not not the house rules. Uh, so he called a point of order on it, and uh, ultimately Sh- Schaefer uh, pulled, withdrew the amendment. You the, can't make state law in the house rules. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the bottom, is the technical thing. That's interesting, though, to pin it on the preservation board because you know Donna Howard passed this amendment today, basically allowing you know members, female members of the media, to use the women's lounge in the on the house floor for pumping, breastfeeding. And when she said she came up and said it, she said this was something we've gotten. You know, we've passed it through the we've put it through the preservation board. And Charlie Guerin <laughs> signed on and said he was cool with it. So, but she was not saying all bathrooms in the Capitol. She was saying that. House. Just the house. Yeah, that's right. one. Mm. Yeah, Springer was trying to go outside of the or uh, not, Schaefer. Schaefer, sorry. Schaefer, and Schaefer like was trying to go outside of the, the house. It seems like the house probably couldn't make rules for the whole Capitol anyway. Like, right. what if the Senate balked? Not mm-hmm. that they would on that particular legislation, but. Um, all right, uh, a couple more questions on Facebook. This um, question from Julie, who has a co- question we were going to talk about anyway. What do you all think is going to happen with Representative Donna Dukes? Why don't you all. Um, so she was before, before she was against. What What is the latest with Donna Dukes? She's back in the legislature. Surprise. Right. Can someone walk us through this timeline? Well, what what was reported yesterday by KXAN and picked up by the statesman and then widely circulated on social media is that the DA's office, specifically Margaret Moore, the new DA of Travis County, but maybe more broadly Travis County prosecutors and Texas Rangers are expected to recommend an indictment of Donna Dukes. Well, they're going to take but, the, all they're going to take their investigative folder to the grand jury and say, what do you think? Yeah. But Which you is, just, you just started last, at like point Z versus point A. Well, I think the get us up to speed. Point Z is where people are interested in being at the moment. Point A is, as Donna Dukes had said at some point in the fall, in September, she said, September that she was not planning on serving, but she was not going to resign before the end of her term. And she was already, you know, had been the subject of an inquiry. And so she was running for re-election, but that she intended, promised, I would say, it's not Mm -hmm. probably too strong to say, she promised that her intent was to resign. On uh, the first day of the session. She said, right? Right? Yeah, yeah. And, and I just want to add, uh, our reporter Alex Samuels got this quote from the Travis County DA last night. This case was ready for presentment to a grand jury months ago, and it was delayed at Duke's request, so she'd be able to resign and then negotiate the case. So it's clear that, according to the DA, this was all part up, of put in, part put of the place. negotiations, right. and Duke's changed her mind and. That could be why the grand jury is going forward. So is this the result of a new DA, or is this the result of her wanting to broker a new deal? Hard to say because Dukes isn't talking, but um, well, clearly, she, she talked uh, in a limited. Bit. She wrote amount an email to Marissa Evans and basically said, "Don't and, blame and Bill world. Miller, my consultant. He didn't know, <laughs> even though he was telling us. Yeah, she was still resigning. Right. Um, it, you know, so it, it looks like she had the makings of a deal with the former DA. She changed her mind at some point. A new DA came in. I don't know which was the chicken and which was the egg here, mm-hmm. but. The old deal is gone, and now she's a member of the legislature, which she said she was not going to be, and the DA is going to the grand jury, which maybe the previous DA was not going to do. If you quit your deal, I'll let this go. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that's the deal. I'm, I'm not, I don't know right. that that was the deal. But it's clearly not the deal now. Yeah. Well, it's, and this all stems from, you know, questions around sort of abuse of power and some things that she was having staffers do for her in her legislative office that, you know, seemed like personal tasks, uh, yeah, like me, yeah, babysitting for funds, her daughter, funds, right. going to pick up smoothies for her at McDonald's. And given that this is a misuse of state you funds. You should be kicked out of the legislature for getting a smoothie at McDonald's. That's the reason. <laughs> How about daily juice, man? It's a representative body. <laughs> If they were being paid for with taxpayer dollars, it's better that she went to McDonald's than to uh, 
the daily the overpriced daily juice. I would rather see taxpayer dollars pay for someplace else other than McDonald's, but that's a whole other. Podcast. This is a productive discussion. Yes. <laughs> it's, in other words, a trip cast. Yeah. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say, if Tech were please. here, he would be de- he would be defending the deliciousness of the Big Mac. Would you please let Amon say something Sorry. intelligent? Speedtech, <laughs> I, I I like chicken nuggets. He would say. <laughs> I was going to say that. Um, Dukes told Marissa Evans yesterday she is very adamant on in, in, intent on getting back on appropriations on the subcommittee she was on to work on health and human services and the budget, which would be pretty amazing given that she is being investigated for misuse of state funds. Say that again. I wanna, I wanna. Strauss is not going to put her on appropriations? I, Come on. <laughs> it's a mess. And it's going to See, this is why I wanted to get off McDonald's. How, yes. how fast? You know, the question is how Strauss fast. Strauss is not the, going to eat at McDonald's. I think the fastest you know thing what? you're going he's, to happen he's, is. He's the, with me on that. He's the, a coastal elite as far as food goes, I think. Well, the I thought you going to say The is going to look at this maybe quickly and make a decision maybe quickly that may, you know, get rid of a lot of right. question and marks. Cheryl here. Cole and Gabriel Nila and uh, other people, at, in time it was pronounced Nila, Nila. Uh, are, are the candidates who had pledged to go into a special election are not having any of this Duke's there's, staying stuff. Yeah, there's several. I mean, and, do, do you stick around because then you have greater leverage if something happens? And I mean, you have purely something to speculating, trade. sure. Yeah. <laughs> you have something to trade. Right. You know, the, the deal here is if you if you're going into this thing and, you know, I'm not saying I'm, I'm not saying this is happening. But, not you, know, Bill not Bill Miller. you go into this thing and the DA says, you know, uh, we're thinking about indicting you on this. And it's like, how about if I quit my office? And that's a much stronger promise if you didn't already quit. Right. That's if you still have an office to quit. <laughs> yeah, if you already quit your office. And so say, if the deal's open again, you say, well, wait a minute, I'm going to keep all my chips. And one of her biggest chips is I'm a member of the Texas House. I just got elected with 70%. The people I meet when I walk down the street say, hey, why don't you stay in there? That was her whole pitch. Um, right. and, and you go to the DA with that, and the DA says, well, you know, you want to be a member with an indictment or a non-member with no indictment. Mm-hmm. That's kind of a And, and ju- uh, we, we reported earlier in the week, I think Jim Mallowitz reported earlier in, within the last seven he days. He loves that McDonald's. One, that one, he, probably, <laughs> he, he looks like McDonald's material to me, truly. Uh, he reported within the last seven days that uh, that one of the things that interests her is that she stays longer and therefore her pension is greater. Well, she's already hit that mark. So, you know, you, you make it into January and your pension, yeah. make it into a new calendar year and your pension goes, boink, I think it was $3,200 a year. And that was the argument like for her not resigning at the time. It was an argument. An I, argument. I, I, think the, I think this has more to do with the DA than with the paycheck. Mm-hmm. All right. In our remaining few minutes here, I'm going to take some uh, questions from our Facebook audience. And a lot of these have to do with um, the revenue estimate and what the legislature is going to be able to fund. Don't worry, not about bathrooms. So give us a very <laughs> quick high notes on, on the revenue estimate, and then I'm going to rapid fire hit you with some budget questions. State overall revenue is up because voters and the legislature decided to dedicate money to highways. The amount of money available for general state spending is down. Only $1.5 billion is available for um, incoming cash, so for a supplemental budget or whatever. And the bottom line is that the state will have less money for general state spending at the starting point than it did two years ago. Okay. And so we got a couple of headlines from Dan Patrick today, but um, Lorena asks, what's going to happen with border security spending? It's too soon to know what Trump's going to do, and I don't think we can affect this budget, right? How fast How fast is yeah. the federal government? If the feds jumped up tomorrow and said, here's $800 million, we'll take care of this, or we'll take care of this, the state would start writing that $800 billion into something else. Mm-hmm. And that's basically what Patrick said about health care also, right? Sort of, Evan, too soon to tell? Yes, I'm just res- 
I have a yeah. text from Patrick Svitek confirming that he thinks McDonald's is He's delicious. eating a yeah, – he can't talk right <laughs> uh, now. He's got a chicken. Our, our uh, former colleague Dan Hill on Facebook has written hashtag bros for McNuggets. Yeah. So apparently there's a large a Northwestern following. issue. Um, <laughs> um, no, listen. I think there's a, a, a very small percentage chance that on two big ticket items that the state is waiting for guidance on the federal government from, this particular new administration on health care and on border security, Three. that the timing – Public ed. And, and, yeah, but I really think it's health care and more right. it's health care and border security that they're not going to have enough information from this administration in uh, time, in, in, time, time in time to impact this biennium mm-hmm. or at least the first year of the biennium mm-hmm. or at least the process to buy, to write the budget. I think there's you know, I think there's special session material here. I, you know, if Congress were to act in you know, right. September, October, the legislature might come back and rewrite some budgets. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shauna asks, how is the Texas Ledge going to pay for cleaning up all those old oil wells that Jim Malowitz wrote about? They don't have any money. They're, you know, it's one of the, don't count on it. It's <laughs> yeah. one of the things in line. You know, there's going to be a lot of supplicants this time and mostly no's. I, I mean, I think the thing I'm most fascinated to see is, do they even touch school finance? Because the Supreme Court said it's constitutional, but they also shamed them in that... Uh, Ruling right, yeah, and Evan said today basically to Dan Patrick, like, so is there a possibility you'd even ha- you'd even spend less on education? Well, that that's been one of the interesting right. things mm-hmm. about the last six months of conversations about education spending that we started out with. Well, the court kicked it back to us, and we're adding eighty five thousand kids to the public school system every year, and we're still digging out of the hole we created in twenty eleven. So yes, there's going to be more money. Then people started to go. Mm-hmm. Well, if you look, and at the- then more late, more l- lately, it's been more like actually we could see. A net negative on mm-hmm. that. Well, one of the things in the revenue estimate is, you know, because of rising property values in local school districts, right. the state's on the hook for $3 billion less than it was. Here's what Dan Patrick so said. They are that I, yeah, what Dan Patrick <laughs> said that I think is <clears throat> undeniably true is that if you're in the position to have to cut the budget by a significant amount, you have very limited options mm-hmm. because so much of what's in the budget is committed and can't be cut. The discretionary portion of the budget is largely two things, health care and education, but it's much more education than health care. This is Willie Sutton budgeting. The old Willie Sutton line about why would you rob banks, that's where the money is. If you're cutting the budget, you go where the money is. And the money is education. It is no accident that education got cut in 2011. And if there's $6 billion or more in the hole this time, they're right. going to cut education. You know they are. Right. Where are they going to find it otherwise? Well, in the second year, if they think that the feds are going to come through with some money, they'll short sheet the second half of the budget and come back in a special. So it's some David Blaine shit, basically. They're going to, they're yeah. going to do a, a magic it's been, trick. It's been done. Yeah, all right. Done. Two more quick ones. Give your Cliff's Notes versions of these answers. Uh, Brian asks, are there enough cannabis-friendly lawmakers this session to make any headway on changing Texas marijuana laws? Is that Rosenthal? No. Maybe. No, no. not wants Rosenthal. To buy weed? Rosenthal wants to buy weed. Is that one Hughes. of the takeaways from this? <laughs> Brian Hughes. Yeah, I think it's probably Rosenthal. Yeah, medicinal, medicinal maybe, but I doubt it. All right. And uh, final question from Denise. Will there be a fight over the A through F grades the TEA just started doling out? Yes. Almost certainly. Although Dan Patrick seemed to... He, he likes them. He took it off the table. Yeah. Today. He said there's not going to be any change. Well, no, he said he might tweak it, but we're not getting rid of it. He basically told people. And Mike Marath, the education on. commissioner, has already said there will be tweaks to, you know, sort of how they establish these grades. They're not going to do away with the grades, but the sort of back-end math is going to right. change. I think it's creating cover to say it's too early to change this, right. Right, to see it in effect. Right. There will be no essay questions. <laughs> That's all the time we have. I, I give you a B, by the way. If, excuse me, you're not. Our rating system also sucks. Come on. If if you would like to send an essay to us on why Evan's grading system is bunk, uh, you can email us at tribcast at texastribune.org. What what is this? 1930? Where'd you get that from? What'd you say? It's malarkey. It's bogus. 
It is malarkey. I'm not as old as you. <laughs> Thanks to Shiny Ribs for doing our music on behalf. Blue Effect says mostly true. Evan, Ross, Amon, our producers, Todd and Bobby. This is Emily. Thanks for joining us for yet another thrilling week. Texas talking. Texas talking. Texas talking. I hope Drew Springer introduces a bill that requires men to wear a tie during the Tribcast. Oh, hey, Ross.